0: you can actually cure some things without having to get medical attention. If you change your diet up a little bit, you know, if you stop eating fast food and sugar-loaded stuff and start eating vegetables and grains, you can get rid of your diabetes through natural way. It might take a little bit, but I mean, you can cure a few things just by changing up your diet.
1: That was Marty Emerson, manager of Huntington's Kitchen, and this is episode 29 of the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jess, and my co host husband, BJ, and I have been traveling all over the country for the past five plus months, connecting with people to share a story that strengthens the connection between all of us. Today, I am coming to you from Ventura, California. A super cool coastal town with a laid-back feel. When I stood on the beach yesterday taking in the view, I could have sworn I was standing on the hilltop looking at the foothills in Boulder, Colorado. As most of you already know, unless this is your first time tuning in, we are on the hunt for our new home. From Ventura, we'll continue our trek up the coast to settle into the town that calls us the loudest. We are living simple Having rid ourselves of most of our material possessions last spring and are committed to living out our tiny home dreams, whatever that ends up looking like. It is our mission to live the example that a joyful life comes from within and not from what we think will make us happy if we could just get this one more thing for our home or take that vacation or have that new toy. So please stay tuned as we close in on the end of our tour, but certainly not the end of our journey, for that is continually renewed every moment, not just for us, but for all of us. And today, our guest shows just how, when the pieces of our choices fall together, in hindsight, they all make perfect sense. Having chosen to attend culinary school as his only means to obtain financial aid, Marty Emerson had no idea that his choice would lead to one of the most fruitful positions of his lifetime. Recently appointed kitchen manager at Huntington's Kitchen, Marty now has the opportunity to influence the lives of so many in his community through health education in and out of the kitchen. It was March of 2010 when we plugged into our television to watch the premiere of Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution, the mission of one internationally known chef to transform the health of a town in West Virginia leading the country in heart disease and diabetes, Huntington was named unhealthiest city in America. Along with the cameras and budget of ABC, Jamie stormed into this town with enough momentum to shake up the lives of those suffering from the many lifestyle conditions plaguing our nation and ranking high on causes of death. Showing up with a dumpster full of fat to show residents how much was being served up to their children every year in school And emptying out the cabinets and fridges of locals to the shocked eyes of America revealed a town worthy of its unfortunate title. In just six episodes, Jamie Oliver left his mark. He managed to ignite change in the schools and homes of willing residents while navigating the treacherous path of resistance and distaste of many community members. And then, as quickly as it began, the show was over. And we all went back to living our lives. But what happened to Huntington? How was this town, tormented by unhealthy behavior patterns, poverty levels, and drug addiction, able to continue the momentum that Jamie created? Well, this is something that we've been wondering for the past six years. And when the Ride the High Vibe Tour started showing its face in our lives, we knew without a doubt that Huntington, West Virginia, would be on our list of stops. In today's episode, you will find out just what's been happening since ABC packed up their cameras and left this beautiful town on its path. Have the seeds of change planted by the food revolution been watered and nurtured? Have people changed their lives for the better, or were they just waiting it out so they could return to their ingrained ways? And what happened to the state of the art kitchen that was built for the show? Who stepped in to fund it? Keep the community offerings. And has anyone even been showing up to educate themselves on healthier ways of eating? Well, you will find all of this out today in our conversation with Huntington's kitchen manager, Marty Emerson. If you like the show, please give us a thumbs up on social media, share it with your friends, and leave a review on iTunes. Help us keep on keeping on and water those seeds of change that our country needs so bad. We, too, are on a mission of health a mission to raise the vibe of this nation. And it's people like Marty that we want to continue to shine the light on, but it's not without your support that we will be able to continue our mission. So thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy our chat today. All right, cool. So we are sitting in a pretty amazing place right now. We're sitting in Huntington's Kitchen, which a lot of people may remember from the 2010 show, Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution. And it's pretty amazing. It's it's big and span. It's huge, much larger than I thought. And um, Marty, thank you so much for being here today. And what is your role here at The Kitchen?
0: No problem. Thanks for having me. I am the newly appointed kitchen manager of Huntington's Kitchen. So I deal with the day-to-day operations and then I teach about 85 to 90% of the cooking classes myself, because I, ha- I have a background in culinary, whereas uh, everyone else has kind of been marketing, advertising side of it. So it's kind of fun. I'm hands-on with everything and have a part of all the classes that kind of happen here.
1: And what is the primary thing that you guys are trying to get across here through the classes and just through the presence and being a pillar in the community?
0: one of the main things we're trying to do is to get people to cook healthy at home and get past that sti- stigma of it's so hard to cook healthy at home and have them come in and, you know, take a class and realize, Oh, I can make this dish at home. It's easy to do. I mean, I had a kid's class in here last week and we made uh, fresh salsa from the gardens that they grow at the boys and girls club. So they they brought in produce. I was like, okay, we're going to make some salsa. Kids love it. I mean, it's easy to do. And it's, it's just great being able to help the community realize this, too.
2: What um So what kind of classes are offered? What's the variety? What's the range?
0: Um, we have everything from cancer support groups. They've already gone through their treatment. Now they're going to come here and talk to one of their doctors or people involved with that on how to maintain a healthy lifestyle. And then I'll show them something that they can make it easy at home that is pertaining to the diet that they now have to live by to make sure that all that stuff stays subsiding from the cancer treatments. Or, you know, all the allergy stuff that's coming about, you know, uh, Lex disease, nut allergies, all the stuff like that. We'll do special classes with that. We'll do children's classes here to teach, start teaching them young on how to cook healthy at home so that way they can show their parents a little bit of stuff and hopefully everything starts clicking that way. And then general classes to the public that, you know, oh, we're just going to make chicken alfredo, but we're going to make it with zucchini noodles and coconut milk, because that way it's going to be healthier for you than classic traditional chicken alfredo.
1: Oh my God, I love that. That sounds so... Maybe we can get you to make us some (laughs) zoodle alfredo. So did you grow up here?
0: Yeah, uh, I moved here when I was in like first grade, and I've been here ever since. So I'm actually part of the obesity problem here, but I'm aware of it. And I'm actually taking the steps to get past that problem.
1: Ah, That's beautiful. And do you feel a change in your health? Have you seen a change in your health, maybe through numbers, um, through blood work, things like that? And what kind of changes are you making?
0: Uh, I haven't actually done any blood work. Uh, the I, I do CrossFit and the coach there, he's actually a reg- registered dietitian. And he tells everyone, you should go do the blood work and actually see the results on paper as opposed to getting on a scale which i i have a stigma in my mind from my wrestling background of i have to weigh the least and i'll be the healthiest which i know isn't always the case but I, since uh becoming more aware of all the issues here throughout the area i've taken it upon myself to just start eating better for myself and it kind of fluctuates up and down And now hopefully it's going to be on the upside of being healthy because I have this job and I'm not going to be one of those people that go, hey, you should do this and not do it myself.
1: Yeah, you have, this job is a gift. It's a gift, I think, to you and it's a gift to um, everybody in the community. And one thing that I love, um, you know, I'll just equate it to my own life. Like as a triathlete, I always like to have a coach because I have accountability and you're going to have accountability because you're going to be standing up in front of the community but the other thing that you're going to be able to offer which is so beautiful and so authentic is that you are on the journey too that you're not just up there saying well this is how i've been my whole life like you're on it so you understand the, the struggles what's been kind of the hardest thing for you uh
0: well i was on night shift for about three years so when you get off work sometimes it's convenient when you work a normal schedule oh i can run to the store and grab you know one of those rotisserie chickens and bag of salad and that can be dinner working on night shift you're kind of limited to fast food or frozen frozen junk if you want something fast there's not really that many options but now now that i'm kind of flip schedules i can you know i have those healthier options i have a farmer's market right across the street from me today that I can go buy a produce set for dinner. I don't know if you saw that on your No, I think we're going to
1: hit that, yeah. though. Thank you for letting it. That's so beautiful. You can go there. You know, you can get your dinner. It's grown locally. Yeah. And speaking of locally, do you guys work with the local farms as far as when you're bringing in classes and things like that to to pull in even more community to the event?
0: Not currently, but that is one of the things I have that I want to do is to try and get more involved with the farmers and you know have a farmer come in and talk about, oh, we're growing tomatoes, zucchini, and whatnot, and you know, talk about the, maybe have a dietitian come in or a nutritionist come in and talk about the health benefits of locally grown produce and whatever produce it is that they might be growing, and then I can turn around and show people how to make something healthy with said produce that they bring in. So that way they learn how to make something, and then the farmer can possibly, or will, well, hopefully he will sell some of the produce that he grows at that class as well.
1: So let's go back to 2009. You were living here at the time, but you were also pretty involved with the show. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the show and just as a local resident, what you were hearing kind of on the back streets about what was happening.
0: All right. Uh, When they filmed the show, I was actually in culinary school. So we kind of knew it was going to happen before the town knew what was going on because they went, hey, you're going to have some big opportunities this year to do some internship hours. So we're kind of like, well, yeah, we have, you know, Chili Fest and whatnot going on. <laughs> we all, we always help out with that. Like, no, no, something bigger that, you know, you guys are going to be fighting over. And then they couldn't tell us right away because I guess whenever ABC, I think ABC filmed it, I can't remember. I guess they wanted to keep everything a little quiet until it was officially announced and they had ev- everything under control. And then once it was kind of, you know, word got out, it was, hey, you guys gonna be interning on the Jamie Oliver show, and we we're like, sweet, we get to work with an international <laughs> chef, and then getting getting to be here and doing the stuff like being a part of the show, seeing you know what what went on with the kids, seeing behind the scenes the reactions of everyone that they brought in of you know what happened, and then being a part of the community too, hearing how resistant everyone was to him coming in going. We don't need that guy coming in to teach us how to eat healthy. We're going to go to There's Biscuit World and get a biscuit, which that place is delicious, by the way.
1: <laughs> no, Marty, stay away. <laughs>
0: they have an apple butter biscuit that you could eat.
1: <laughs> so, you were in culinary school. Have you always had a love for food? Was that something that you always wanted to explore more? Like, I know for chefs, the food is their art. Do you feel like that was like your artistry?
0: At that time, whenever I got into culinary school, it was kind of like my last chance to get help from financial aid to go to school. Mm -hmm. It was either that or the military, so I thought I would give culinary school a chance. I had been working in restaurants for about five or six years before I actually went, so I mean, I I did enjoy cooking. I knew how to. uh, The culinary school just kind of gave me a degree, which I turned into actually loving it more once I went through the process of everything. And then whenever you get to actually create stuff and you see the joy in people's faces when they eat it, it makes it all worthwhile. Missing, you know, someone's birthday or having to work a holiday, but getting to see the joy on some other people's faces makes it all worthwhile.
1: And did you see some of that joy? I mean, we talked about resistance, but did you see some of that joy too during the filming of this show? And even in the airing of the show, were you seeing changes? I mean, I know... Again, we you're seeing a lot of resistance, but let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the changes. Let's talk about the people who were ready to, to go there.
0: There were a lot of people against it, but also there were several people for it. They realized, hey, there is a problem here. You know, I like to change. And there were a lot of people that actually wanted to change too. And, you know, this is kind of a spark going, hey, maybe, maybe we should do something about it. And uh, just right out here on the street, we had a stage set up. And there was 50 cooking stations on either side of the stage, and we actually had a thousand people come through and cook a, a it was some kind of Asian noodle dish. I can't remember because it's been a while. But everyone came through, and they absolutely loved it, and everyone was ex- excited to do it. We had, you know the mayor, some politicians, the firefighters, everyone from, you know uh, like elementary school students that he was actually working with in the schools to college students who. We're like, hey, free food, all right, let's do it. But everyone everyone loved it. And, you know, towards the end of the filming of the show, people were actually starting to become more receptive to him here and accepting the process. I just wish it would have went on a little, little bit longer so that way you know, he could see a little bit more of that change happening as opposed to just the people hating that he came here.
2: So some people did embrace it.
0: Yeah. And have you seen, being
2: in the community, have you seen any feedback recently? So it's been
0: six or seven years now? Being part of the community, I've seen actually a lot of change happen since he's been here. There are uh, several new restaurants coming that their main focus is healthy eating. Now, if they're, you know, directly related to him or not, I don't know, but we're starting to see that change slowly that, you know, there's healthy restaurants, uh, there's the Paul Ambrose it's a it's a running and biking course across town. I can't remember what the acronym's for, but that's that's come about since he's been here.
2: So there has been some and yeah. it, you can't say directly, but you know, when Jamie Oliver was here, it was a spark. It was yeah. a spark and it ignited something that um might create a trickle effect down, yeah. down the path. And it sounds like things are happening. Yeah. Could be from him, could be from other things, but at least it started. Yeah. Know, it,
0: the it, it started so. and you're you are seeing more stuff like Almost every weekend, there's a 5K race either at Ritter Park or right back here at Pullman Square or at Barbersville Park. There's, there's always a race going on somewhere, if not multiple races going on that day.
1: That's so awesome. And all you have to do is get out there and move, right? Yeah. So just eat foods that are, are whole, um, that you can understand the ingredient list. Yeah. Right? That's how it, it's so simple. It really, really is simple as far as like guidelines to follow. Just if you can't pronounce it, Probably just put it back on the shelf. Yeah. And eating the Whole Foods and getting out and moving, even if it's just a walk around the block, is yeah. is so important. And I was actually reading uh, this morning about how there, the changes in the school system have been carried on. Yeah. And that other schools around West Virginia are, you know, we're kind of modeling after the school changes that were made here to the point where. There actually needs to be a rotation of the farms because there's so many schools that are like in competition for wanting the freshest food and from the farm. So they actually have to put them like on a rotation like, okay, you're going to get the freshest foods this week. And so there's a lot, a lot of good going on. There's a woman that BJ found online this morning who used to live in Denver and she came back. I think she grew up here. Is that Mm -hmm. correct? And she came back here and um, she's a yoga teacher. She's also a um, plant-based advocate and triathlete. So she's a great influence in town. Jeannie Harrison, that's starting Grow Huntington, which is going to be um, a nonprofit urban farming community, which is going to be serving people in addiction recovery. So getting people out into the earth to help them heal. And then what that does is it just creates more bounty for the town. I mean, West Virginia, let's, I mean, let's talk straight, like West Virginia is still number two on the list of um, highest rates of heart disease, highest rates of diabetes. And we know there's a mountain of evidence that shows us that these things are, I mean, truly they're optional. Like we can reverse and prevent and treat these things with a whole foods diet and specifically whole foods plant-based diet is what um, we're really seeing is the most effective. But when we say Plant-based, like there really is no evidence that it has to be purely vegan. Yeah. But just start looking at a whole foods, plant-based diet where the foundation of your plate is plants. And then yeah. you add in, if you're going to have meat or some kind of animal products, it's more of a condiment. It's a change in the mindset, which is is a really, it can be a really tough thing. So Jamie Oliver came in here. Nobody really asked him to come in here, right? He just right. kind of saw a statistic and came in. Yeah. And one thing that I want the entire city of Huntington know to know is that every single person who watched that from outside of the city was rooting for you guys. I mean, we, this, this show specifically really touched me on such a deep level because I, I, because I feel like part of my purpose is to, is to serve and, and to share what, what I have learned of how to live a, a vibrant life. And so yeah. I saw him bringing that here and change is really scary for people. Changes of behavior, pattern alteration which is really tough to do because it's practice 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 you don't just have one meal some people have one meal and they're hooked yeah but um but it is it's a practice and so he came in here created this massive amount of momentum created this amazing kitchen that we're sitting in. I mean, this is like a cook's dream I, right I here. I do love it in here. It is so beautiful. The colors and the exposed brick and all the stainless. It's just absolutely gorgeous. How have you guys been able to carry the momentum that he brought in here and then he left? Like, how has this kitchen stayed alive?
0: Uh, Whenever he left, uh, Ebenezer Outreach actually took over running the kitchen and i'm not sure the the statistics of what all they did here because i wasn't a part of it but uh now with it being the a joint operation of Capital huntington hospital and marshall university one of the main things that we're trying to track is you know the community outreach of everything of who is it reaching you know are these people seeing success and whatever they're coming here for you know, are they coming back for more classes or is it just a one-time thing on a specific topic that they want to come see? And sadly, I don't know the numbers saying that stuff because I just started and found out I had to track those numbers yesterday. <laughs> so, but I do know uh, there are several people that have taken multiple classes. I, When I was just uh, working for the hospital, I came here and did several classes and I saw a lot of, a lot of the same faces and they all loved what, what was being taught here. You'd see them out in public at different things going, oh, hey, you remember me? I took your class on, you know, gluten-free diets. And, you know, that, that's really helped me because I have celiac disease and it's so hard finding, you know, stuff to eat as opposed to just, oh, I'm having grilled chicken, broccoli, and a sweet potato today for dinner. If you show people how to make something that they love, but just tweak it to where, you know, they can eat it to whatever specific diet they're doing, they're more likely to do it and then tell their friends and then come back and you know, take more classes with their friends. A lot of it's been word of mouth of just people getting getting in here doing it and then telling their friends about how great it is.
1: And we had approached you about doing like a, t- a talk here, a cooking demonstration, and we yeah. weren't able to do it. So is this part of the transition? Like are you getting new permitting or what's happening right now?
0: Yeah, it's just it's mostly me getting all of my ducks in a row with the people above me so I can do everything that I want to do.
1: So we were too early to do the cooking demonstration, but yeah. it sounds like you're going to be super busy. So I think we came at the right time to grab an interview yeah. with you. What What is your vision? What do you see? What do you get excited about?
0: I get excited about actually being able to teach the community on a food-based level of what they can do to eat healthier. Because one of the fun things I've done before is the CrossFit gym I went to, I provided them with healthy basically paleo meals but i would do all comfort food stuff like here's how you can eat a gluten-free lasagna and it still tastes good and not tastes like cardboard doing stuff like that where you know i can like i told y'all with the chicken alfredo do you know zucchini noodles and coconut milk for you know show them they can have their comfort food and put the alternative twist on it and it's not you know stuff you have to order online that to do, but you can find it actually in the store. You just have to look for it. Mm Because so many people are, all right, I'm gonna grab this onion, go get the box of cereal, Mm -hmm. get everything as opposed to going down some of the international health food aisles to find alternative stuff for other things. I would like to teach people that. And one of the things I talked about with uh, my boss was doing a class where I actually take people to the store and show them, you know, what to buy and then bring them back here and show them how to make whatever it is that you know we're going to the store to get. And that way they can take the recipe home, know where it is in the store, because you can tell someone, oh yeah, if you get an in international out, you can find, you know, three brands of coconut milk, but you want to get this brand because it's the cheapest and best quality for what you're getting. If they have no idea where it is in the store, they're not going to go get it. So part of it is not only just teaching them here, but going out into the community and teaching them other places.
2: What is one of the favorite dishes that you like to make that maybe you get a good reception from the people who are here uh, to attend a class? Or what is your biggest, your biggest, Uh, best dish?
0: I haven't done too, too many as the new manager here. I've only done like, I've only really been part of three classes since I started. One was the Boys and Girls Club where I taught the kids how to make fresh made salsa with vegetables that they grow at the boys and girls club, which was great to see the kids growing the stuff and then teaching them how to use it was uh great prior to this job in the kitchen. I've done a lot of uh, like celiac disease stuff and then a renal diet class, which I didn't know how like their limitations, but whenever I talked to their, nutri- their dietitian, like reading stuff that they could actually have and couldn't have, I kind of felt sorry for them so I was like let's try to make them something that they could eat. I showed them how to make a coconut milk mousse where you, uh like you refrigerate or freeze the coconut milk coconut milk and then you know, open the lid, scoop out the actual cream mm. and then whip it with uh, a hand mixer and you're essentially making whipped cream but add, you know, a scoop of like chocolate protein powder or vanilla protein powder to it so that way you get flavoring and you essentially have an alternative mousse that they can have because they can have potassium, a couple other things that I can't remember off the top of my head and then their struggle is getting protein in their diet without all the other stuff and then just showing them how to make that moose. The, the people that actually were doing the class are amazed. Like, you know, we have some, I can't remember who it is, someone from the food network, you know, writing recipes for our website that they can go through. And we've never even seen anything like this, but getting to show people you know, different stuff that they're just not thinking about is always great and one of the best things that you could do.
2: So it sounds like you work, you're working in collaboration with some local dietitians. I feel like yeah. you can tie that together. So you have their food restrictions or their food allergies, yeah. and then you can look at it from the culinary side and say, okay, these are the freshest vegetables yeah. and, and meals that we can plan and tie it together that to make it yeah. fun. I think that's crucial.
0: One of the things I like to do is uh, like last night we had a learning seminar on the Eurolift, which is like, uh, has to do with prostate cancer and, well, I don't know if it's cancer, but it deals with the prostate and uh, urine urine flow and stuff like that. Uh, going through and figuring out what they're learning, like what the class is for, and then going through and researching food-based things that could help out their situation is always fun to do because you can actually cure some things without having to get medical attention if you change your diet up a little bit you know if you stop eating fast food and sugar-loaded stuff and start eating vegetables and grains you can get rid of your diabetes through natural way it might take a little bit but i mean you can cure a few things just by changing up your diet
2: my background is with marketing and social media with restaurants and so I had to work with a lot of chefs. And yeah. this sounds like a phenomenal opportunity for you because what I found is they were making the same thing yeah. over and over again. And this sounds like you're exposed to a new dish and new experiences and researching yeah. new food items all the time.
0: Yeah. That, that's one of the things I actually love to do is challenge myself with this, with uh, the food side of stuff. And with everything that we do, I try not to do the same thing over and over again. So that way i'm learning something new they're learning something new because if you pay you know fifteen, twenty-five dollars for a class you don't want to learn how to make sorry i keep using this but like the chicken alfredo with the coconut or the the zucchini noodles with the coconut milk you don't want to learn that learn how to make that one month and then come back the next month excited to learn something new and learn how to make that again i want to you know offer variety in all the classes that way people are learning how to make more and more things as opposed to just doing the same dish over and over again.
1: Yeah, and we talk a lot about uh, eating the spectrum. So that's yeah. gonna force you to really teach the spectrum. Yeah. You touched upon something really early in our chat today about you know, um, your background in wrestling, like I have to be as you know, light as possible. Yeah. But being thin doesn't mean you're healthy. Yeah, It doesn't mean you're healthy. And so I believe what, what means you're healthy or what would be your best shot at being healthy is really eating the spectrum of a yeah. whole foods diet. So for you, how did you – to get off the, the the sugar-laden foods and the fast food and all yeah. of that, how did you first start taking your steps?
0: Uh, my first step was my pants didn't fit. And I was like, well, <laughs> I could probably lose weight and they will fit again or I can go buy a whole new wardrobe. I'll try the gym first because in the long run it'll be better for me. I got into CrossFit. A girl I was I was kind of hitting on says you're coming to this nutrition <laughs> seminar, you don't have a choice be there. I'm like, I've been there for a week. I was like, I don't even know what's going on, but sure, okay, if you'll be there, I'll go. Uh, <laughs> I love it. He uh, the the director he or the coach he started talking, going over, going over everything, and I'm just sitting there just like mind blowing. Like, what the hell is he talking about? Mm. And then I went home and did research myself. And his at that time uh I was I was turned on to the paleo diet. Um it's basically just cutting back your carbs and eating well, cutting back your refined carbs and sugars and eating a more natural low carb diet and getting your carbs from vegetables and fruits. I was turned on to that and that's how I went from like two sixty to two oh eight and then I got on a night shift and that kinda went to the wayside and I gained it all back. But I like to think most of it's muscle because all my lifts went up through that. But I mean, like the Jamie Oliver thing, it just takes one spark to kind of get things going. And like that nutrition seminar was, was a spark. I went home, researched the stuff myself, you know, talked to him, talked to some of the other people. And then at the gym, word got out that I was a chef. So everyone's hitting me up like, hey, how do I make this or what can I eat? So I, you know, look into stuff myself and try it out because I'm not going to tell someone oh, you should eat something and then not actually have at least made it myself or tried it myself.
1: So one of the things we love about the paleo diet is it's no dairy. Yeah. Did you feel a difference when you stopped dairy or or have you stopped dairy?
0: When I did paleo, I didn't, for the first little bit, I cut it out for, cut it out completely, but I love cheese and yogurt. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes my dessert or like when I have a sweet craving, I'd have like a cup of like Greek yogurt just so I could kind of get some sweetness. And I knew it wouldn't be as bad for me, but then it kind of wrecked me because I hadn't had dairy for a while. Mm. And having scrambled eggs is really hard without cheese sometimes.
1: Mm. Yeah. So where are you now with it?
0: I am completely off all my diets because I'm transitioning my sleep schedule. Mm -hmm. And I figure if I'm switching that, once that's intact, probably next week or two i hope because going from night shift to like going to work at 8 p.m and then switching to being at work by 8 a.m is really a hard switch so once once i finally get all that down i'm going to start i don't know if i'm going to do paleo but i am going to at least watch my micronutrients to where i'm getting all the stuff i need you know most of my carbs from a plant-based diet as opposed to grains and refined sugars and all that kind of stuff
2: so when we, when we talk to people about their diets and, yeah. and what goes into it and when they make changes, we are always adamant about checking in with yourself and see yeah. how you feel. So have yeah. a food, see how you feel. We have um, we've worked with some people who they're like, this is, the, this is the end goal I wanna get at and I need to hit these numbers. And we're like, yeah. well, just wait a minute. Let's just start with some foods, see how you feel, see, Stop, pause. One of the things um, Jessica talks about a lot is, is eating slow. And that's, a, that's something I struggle with. You know, I want to eat rather quickly and can add to some, you know, digestion issues. But, you know, take things slow, see how you feel, and always check in with yourself. You know, yeah. just recently I had, um, uh, I love smoothie bowls. But yeah. when I do that and I add granola or some sort of nut-based thing, it, it throws my stomach off yeah. as much as I love it. So it's something I've started to wean out. So that's just something that we, we come across a lot is just to continue to check in with yourself and see, like, don't put any hard guidelines on. Yeah. Some people do need that. Um, but just check in with yourself and see how you feel. And, and you'll realize when you, when you do that, some things that you really love might not be yeah.
0: ideal. And what some people don't realize is, like, the, between the three of us, we might try the same diet. It won't, we all won't have the same results because the way our body is made everything's processed differently. And some people are like, Oh, well, Jimmy has success doing this. He lost a hundred pounds. We were the same weight when we started. I've only lost 20. Well, your two compositions are completely different. So, you know, you can't shoehorn yourself into every diet. You have to, there's trial and error to everything you eat. If you know, Oh, I feel great having this much carbs and protein a day do that. It might not work for someone else. It's, it's all trial and error until you find out what works best for you.
1: We are all so different, not only our bodies, but our lives, you know, so you can start a diet like you and your friend can start a diet at the same time. And you know, that person might lose 50 pounds and you've only lost 10. It's like, well, what's going on in your life too? Well, my mother's really sick. She's in the hospital. Well, that's, I mean, that's going to put your body into like this survival mode. So it's, it's never comparing yourself to somebody else, whether that's through your diet or what you do as a profession or how you are as a parent or yeah. how you are as a human. Like, we are all so different. So we, all, we do promote, like, finding what works best for you. And the answer that not a lot of people want to hear is only you can do that. Yeah. Like, only you can do that. So um, have you played with any of, like, the, um, the nut cheeses, like cashew cheese and…
0: I haven't. I You I've need se- to
1: do that because I'm thinking you could put together some serious like nachos in here yeah. with like some really good like cashew cheese, spicy cashew. Yeah. People are going to go bananas over that.
0: One of the places I used to work, I worked at a steakhouse and the GM was a uh, strict vegan. He brought uh, Satan in. I think that's how it's said. Is that right? Oh, yeah, Satan.
1: Okay. This is crazy. He worked at a steakhouse and he was vegan. Yeah, that,
0: that's what I said. It's <laughs> I was like, ha, 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 how you yeah, do that? I think he <laughs> had an agenda. Yeah. But, uh, like, he brought it in and, like, he's like, oh, I'll make it just like uh, you would chicken wings, you know. We'll, we'll marinate in some buffalo sauce for a little bit and then, you know, we'll deep fry it and then we'll retoss it in buffalo sauce. You won't be able to tell the difference. I'm like, you know, I'll give it a try, you know. At that time, I was, I was doing a stricter paleo diet. I was like, I knew uh, satan is just a wheat protein, right? Yeah, a lot of gluten yeah. in it for sure. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'll, I'll give it a try. You know, as a chef, I want to try as much stuff as I can as opposed to going, ooh, that's nasty. I don't like it and then not have really tried it because someone could bring it in. It goes, oh, they're on a vegan diet. They have some satan with them. Could you do something for them? That way, I at least know what it tastes like, the texture and whatnot. And I just I I tried it and I just couldn't do it. No, I was like, you was know. it
1: like the taste or just the mental piece? Or the consistency,
0: uh, a little bit of the taste and the consistency. Yeah,
1: yeah, satan's not. It, that's definitely not my favorite. We were just at our friend's house, um, Jennifer and Brian in Alexandria, and the last night we were there, she made yeah. us this amazing. Have you ever heard of jackfruit? Yeah. Okay, so she took jackfruit. Um, Just canned organic jackfruit and put it in a pan, sautéed it, and then added like a bunch of barbecue sauce. So now it's looking like pulled pork, right? This would be a good one. And then she took a broccoli slaw, so easy. And she did it with like two avocados, some lemon juice, and a little bit of salt. And and that was the sauce for the slaw. And then we just did like sweet potatoes and corn. But you do on a bun, you put the barbecued jackfruit, and then you put the slaw on top and pickles. It was. You're like I'm you. Not, I'm not.
0: I'm not a big fan of pickles, but okay. I, no I, pickles for you, Martinicles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: but um. But I mean, there's so much that you can do, and we haven't checked out your local market, but we're gonna check it out and see see what's available here. There's yeah. so much now, and they're making it really good.
0: Yeah. What's What's great is uh, since he's been here, there's actually been more more farmers markets opening up, more health food stores. Like if you're in the Barbers Hill area go to a place called drug emporium they have a he- a healthy life market where almost anything in the world that you're wanting that pr- pertains to being healthy rather it be supplement or food or any kind of like food allergy that you have they have stuff for it and and they also have a really good beer and wine selection too so <laughs> it's like yeah i'm gonna go pick up some coconut flour Some they actually have the the nut cheeses there okay and uh coconut milk, yogurt, and stuff like that. And I'm gonna go pick up a nice uh, micro-brew while I'm there just to bounce it all out.
1: There you go, yeah, throw them a little bone. Yeah. Go in there, get your health food, and get yourself a beer, too. Yeah. What do you think is necessary for people to make change? Like, what do you think is necessary for change? You've gone through it, right? You've, you're, you're kind of going through it now, even yeah. just with the changing of your shift. So that is in preparation for you to be here full-time, yeah. right? This job yeah. is such a gift. You are such a gift to this town. Um, and yeah. what you're going to bring here, so it's really beautiful. I want to honor you in that way. Um, but what do you think is what do you think is necessary for change?
0: Willingness and knowledge, because you have to be willing to want to make the change, as opposed to just going, "Oh yeah, I, I need to lose some weight. I'm going to go order a pizza because it's convenient." It's the okay. I'm going to. I want to lose ten pounds by next. Well, two months, because 10 pounds in a month is kind of unhealthy. Uh, I want to take steps A, B, and C to do that. You have to be willing to do that, as opposed to just going, hey, I'm going to lose some weight. How are you going to do it? Uh, I'll eat some salad, I guess. You have to make an effort to get out and exercise somehow, rather than be just walking, running, Zumba, yoga, Pilates, powerlifting, What? whatever you know floats your boat to be active you just need to do that or even going and playing pokemon go which Which we just learned about with our friends and we
1: just had this conversation because our our friends that we were seeing with she was saying (laughs) that she takes the boys to a park and she said she's like i was so frustrated because people were out there with their things she goes but then i thought they're outside yeah and they're moving yeah and they're in nature Okay, yeah. so there's something good about this, yeah. right?
0: And uh, my friend who just, her, she has graduated from a physical therapy school and she wants to specialize in pediatric physical therapy. She says Pokemon Go is great because a lot of times those kids don't want to get up and do anything, but if you go, hey, let's go catch some Pokemon, those kids will get up and go just so they can try to catch Pikachu or whatever. So, I mean, they're... there there are some benefits to controlling the world through a little handheld device to catch monsters.
1: And everybody, just like we talked about, everybody is different. Everybody's going to have a different access point. So if that's your access point, that's it, right? And if, in whatever your first step is, it might be, you know, not you specifically, but in general, like whatever that is for you, maybe it's cutting down your soda. Maybe it's cutting down your cigarettes. Maybe, you know, whatever it may be, everybody has a different access point. So do you think about, Trying to reach those people who really need the change but might not be ready for it? Like, do you kind of, th- there's people who are going to walk in your door. Yeah. And those, th- I mean, th- that's your tribe, right? Yeah. Like, those are the people that are going to be ready. And it is it is hard. You can't force change on people. But have you thought about that? Like, how, or do you, maybe you know somebody, we don't have to name that person, but maybe yeah. you know somebody you're like, man, they could really benefit from this. How do we reach those people?
0: Uh, I, I think part of that would be our marketing of stuff like they might not be willing to try different things but if i if i put a different twist on like hey i'm gonna make you gluten-free chicken nuggets Mm -hmm. just come try it you won't be able to tell the difference i promise just just come try it if you don't like it i'll pay for your class so a year from now yeah what are the one
2: two top things that you want to see happen here whether it's a specific class or it's a volume of a wait list to get in here or um, you're affecting the local schools like what do you want to see a year from now under your leadership here
0: what's your vision so what would be your vision to have it to have it as a place where people just don't go oh i'm gonna go learn how to make something healthy hey i'm gonna have some fun tonight let's go to Huntington's kitchen you know make make learning this stuff entertaining and not just Okay, if you eat this, you get seven carbs, this many grams of protein, this many grams of fat. I want them to come in thinking I'm going to learn how to make something healthy, but it's going to be tasty because a lot, a lot of perceived conception is health food doesn't taste good, which I get a lot of from some of my friends. And I'm like, I made this, try it, and they try it. Like that's awesome. Like it's like four vegetables with some seasoning. It's not that hard to do. It's just getting it to where you know. It's community embraced, and people c- come here to have fun, as opposed to just learn something. Because if you get them having fun, the knowledge part will sink in a lot easier.
2: It's just like the Pokemon Go. Like yeah. they're getting a workout, even yeah. though they're having fun.
0: It's like tricking them into learning how <laughs> learning how to eat healthy. Hey, you're going to come. Out, I'm going to come feed you tonight, but you have to make the food yourself.
2: And that's what we find too. Is like the best food is like yeah. five to six ingredients. Yeah. Like there's not a lot that goes into it. Yeah it's just you put them all together and here you go and it's yeah. sort of like what you were talking about the steps like what are the steps like here's the recipe yeah here's the dish now go have fun with it it's okay if you deviate from the recipe here and there like at, like have fun with it
0: what i was talking to one of my friends about like doing a cookbook years ago of showing them like okay if you take chicken onions and peppers as your main three ingredients you can literally eat around the world from if you tweak the next you know three to four ingredients because you add uh like tomatoes, you essentially have Mexican food, you could have some Thai food, you could have some Indian food with that if you add, you know, spice to, again, you have a lot of that same region It's just, okay, this one's going to be from chili powder. This one's going, well, it's all pepper based, but still the different peppers from around the world, you can tweak all that stuff to where you essentially you're eating around the world with three main ingredients. It's just getting people to see that they can, do different stuff with the same things that they buy at the store already.
1: And I think being able to see that is going to start to make those labels that are so long with yeah. so many ingredients seem foreign, yeah, seem wrong, seem like, whoa, what is all this? Like, yeah. cause I know that I just had a meal last night at Huntington's Kitchen where there was five ingredients and it was amazing. And I've got four different ways that I can tweak yeah. that to have a different taste every night. Yeah. And I think the possibilities in this kitchen are endless. I mean, I'm seeing, like, uh, who doesn't love a good girls' night? I mean, you guys might, but, I mean, maybe you do ladies like, a good, no, like a good, like, but a good cool. ladies' night here, like, come on, or, or moms, like, so many moms I talk to are just like, oh, I don't know what to make for dinner. And it's, I think the statistic is, like, we, we kind of make the same meals, yeah. like, we we rotate through like the same meals every week. And to me, that's, that's kind of a bore. But being able to bring them in here and have them create something that the whole family's going to like that's rich yeah. and satiating and, and fun to make that, and that they can get the kids involved in too.
0: One of the things I was wanting to do, and I've actually been hit up by it, I'm just waiting to you know get all my, my ducks in a line with my bosses to do it, is do a family meal prep class to where they can come in and meal prep for a week. And then you know, they can take those recipes home and then, you know, in the process of them making stuff, you know, come by, and talk to them like, what's your likes and dislikes? Okay. You can tweak this recipe by doing this and this, and you have something completely different. That's one thing that I actually want to do. And I would like to make a regular class because if you can come in and spend three hours tops, not even that probably, and have food for the week, people would be more willing to eat healthy because I also think it takes forever to do stuff.
1: And the eating healthy is going to start to fall away, and the fact that it's just going to be the way they eat. Yeah. It's just it. And so, you mentioned earlier about taking people to the grocery store, which that's a, like, that's got to happen. You got to make that happen. Like, that's so important. But for those people who aren't going to be able to get to Huntington, for our audience members that, you know, walk into the grocery store and they're like, oh my God, I don't even know what to do, they get confused, and then they go to the same old things and then walk out with the same grocery bags with all the same stuff in it. Yeah. What would be one tip that you could give them that they could start next time they go to the grocery store um to help uh uncover the mystery of how to shop.
0: Uh either around the edges of the store because whenever you go in the store you have your produce typically right when you walk in and you go past that that's the bakery. You can eat there if you want or not. It, that's all personal choice. I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> Along the back is all is all your uh, meats and proteins, and then you have, you know, your dairy and some frozen food stuff around the other end. If you, if you basically just go around the edges of the store, you're going to get all the vegetables you need, all the proteins you need, dairy if you want to eat it, and then you can go into the aisles and get you know your spices and your cooking fats and oils and whatnot. I mean, basically just go around the edges of the store and you'll have everything you need except from a couple of things that will probably all be in the same aisle.
1: Yeah, I think that's awesome advice. And just stay away from, you know, if you're if you're on a budget and you hit all the, um, you know, you go on the exterior of the shopping store and you've hit your budget. Well, then you don't have to go down and be tempted by those boxed foods that are highly processed and developed really to be addictive, addictive just enough. Like they're yeah. so good at it, just enough to make you want more.
2: It's it's really. I'm sitting here in awe at this place. It's it's really, it's really a special place. And, and I don't think the TV did it justice. Yeah. Um, I think you actually have to be physically here to see how beautiful this place is. And so you've been, you've been given something really special here. And yeah. I, th- I think. What happens next is going to be pretty, pretty epic.
0: Yeah, whenever, whenever I started this job, uh, the actually the old director, I was friends with her when she was running the place. She was excited whenever I came down to do classes, and then when she left, she recommended me for the job because she thought I'd be perfect for it because I have the I have the cooking knowledge to do stuff. I'm very I'm personable. I can you know talk to people. It's just the marketing side which we have a marketing team at the hospital Perfect. to cover all of stuff and then go over me how to do it. And then I can get, you know, the message across that I want to do to get, you know, people to eat healthier.
1: And this podcast is about sharing story of people who are looking, finding and living their purpose. And Marty, yeah. I believe that you have found your purpose in this career with the food, even if culinary school was kind of like, well, I might as well do this. Yeah, It all adds up to you know, what you're supposed to do in this life. And I really feel like you're aligned right now with that purpose and you have an opportunity to not only bring a great amount of health to the community, but also to take your own health to just skyrocketing levels. So thank you so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate your time, making time for us in our short little stay here in Huntington. And we can't wait to go out and check out the town a little bit. No
0: problem. Thank you for having me. And hopefully if you all do come back around I'll still be here and haven't moved on, and we can actually do that plant-based cooking class that you're wanting to do. Yeah,
1: I think we need to come back and do that. That might be super cool. It would definitely be cool.
0: I would just say come back in the spring, because then, uh, aside from the little farmer's market out front, we can hit up uh, our bigger farmer's market, and then there might possibly be more by then. And, you know, you can actually see firsthand all the stuff that we have here.
1: Awesome. And then you can go kick our butt at a CrossFit workout.
0: Uh, hopefully, there's, <laughs> hopefully there's no running because you all probably beat me at that <laughs> Thank you, Marty No awesome. problem, thank you for having me That was, great. That was, it was awesome so No problem
1: All right, you guys, that's it. Episode 29, Marty Emerson from Huntington's Kitchen. I hope you guys are inspired and fulfilled with the answers that we know we had going into this conversation. And we're just so excited for Huntington, for the changes that are there, for the light that is shining on this town that... That truly needs it. They still do suffer from high levels of poverty, high levels of drug addiction, and high levels of chronic lifestyle change. But it's people like Marty that's going to help people see that there is another path and that it can be fun and that food can be entertaining and something that you can involve your entire family in. So really, Right now, it seems that it's getting them out of the drive through and into their kitchens. And it's always about meeting people where they're at, right? Like not projecting what we think they need or the changes that we think they should implement, but seeing exactly where somebody is at and walking right beside them. And I think that Marty is a living example of what Huntington truly needs, and he is a living example of the struggles that this town is experiencing. So if you like the show, you guys, please leave us a review on iTunes, share it with your friends, give us a thumbs up. This community is helping us grow the show every single week, and we are in deep thanks to all of you. So we will check in next week with another amazing guest. And in the meantime, please... Keep choosing that high vibration of life.